THN is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and by listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter. ha Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 510, Ugh. another landmark episode Ugh. of the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. My name is Matt Blom. And I am the internet's Joe Patrick. In this week's episode, the war on Christmas continues and the bodies are piling up. In honor of our fallen, Matt and I will solemnly review 10 of this Wednesday's new comics with our reviews of Miles Morales' Spider-Man number one and... Goddess mode number one, taking center stage. Then we'll head down to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum where we're going to discuss our must-read picks for next Wednesday. And finally, we'll check in with the inhabitants of Mushroom Manor with another uh, view from across the pond featuring our friend, stately Lord Fungus. But before we get into all that, stop lighting your menorahs, nerds, because Hanukkah is already here, and it's extra early this year, and it's totally fucking up our Hanukkah drunk show schedule. I promise we'll make it up to you Jews next week, but right now, we got to talk about this week's Nerd Nerds! Nerd Super early Hanukkah. So weird. I guess I don't... Hanukkah doesn't fall in the same time every year. Nah, it moves around. The fourth Avengers film has now officially been titled Avengers, colon... Endgame. And along with the release of a new trailer, a new poster arrived as well, showing the familiar Avengers A disintegrating in the style of those caught in Thanos' snap. Endgame is now scheduled to arrive on April 26th, a full week earlier than its previously announced May 3rd release date, which happened with Infinity War last year as well. Yeah, I, I, guess don't, it was, I don't get it, though. I guess it was this year because it's still 2018. Why are we moving shit around? Uh, so it's, uh, I think last year they did it so that they didn't compete with Solo. Okay. Uh, turned out not to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, uh, Shazam is scheduled to come out like just a couple weeks after that. Yeah. And then also there was another movie. Um, so it's kind of in between two pretty big releases. Okay. Spawn. They probably don't want to compete with Spawn. Yeah. Yeah. Spawn. <laughs> uh, so let's get into it. We watched the trailer. Yeah. I watched it a couple times. Man. It's not, um, it's good, but it's not like this crazy, like, attention-grabbing, That's not flashy. what they're going for. Yeah. That's not what they're going for at all. Like, they didn't, because re- uh, obviously they don't want to reveal anything. No, they didn't reveal shit. This is a tease. This is a true tease. For, like, yeah, it was a true remember tease. Remember when we left off and everyone was fucked? Guess what? They're still fucked. Everyone's still <laughs> fucking. Uh, so we get to see, we get to see, uh, some confirmation of a few characters that lived or died or are at least missing, according to the Avengers. Like, they don't really know right. what happened in space. Right. Uh, Tony is marooned on a ship. He's about to run out of uh, air. Cap is still on Earth, looks Cap, like. Yeah, uh, Cap, Black Widow, Bruce Banner, they're all still around. Hawkeye. Hawkeye shows up Ronan. In the straight-up Ronan armor, which oh. was a rumor like a year ago. And we're uh, all like, no way. Yeah, yeah. So some paparazzi caught a picture of Jeremy Renner uh, walking on set, and he had this big jacket covering his costume, but you could see his boots. Yeah. And they were the Ronan boots, and everyone was like, fuck, that's Ronan. Like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a big sword. Yeah. I had... 
I don't know what's going on I hope there. Hope his family's dead. I bet his family is dead. Oh, I yeah. hope so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ant Man shows up, so I guess everything was fine yeah. after he was stuck in the quantum realm. I mean, we knew that though. Well, yeah, we knew that. Yeah. But like, how did he get out? We don't know. He we'll was find out. he was stranded. I'll bet that's how the movie starts. It's I'll probably bet you anything, a big the movie, part of the movie starts with him coming out of the quantum realm. Uh, yeah. So it, yeah, a lot of big teases mm-hmm. and no like nothing to like satisfy. I don't mean this in a bad way, but like, it it wasn't the thing I think we were all waiting for. Okay, like, hold on, remember back in the day when a teaser trailer would just be like, no, no, no I get the it. Avengers A, and we'd all go, yeah, I get it, no summer, I get it, right? <laughs> but you know, after after Infinity War, everyone was just like, just aching for like a scene of of the collected Avengers fighting Thanos, or they don't have to do or, it, yeah, right? They, they didn't, they do didn't it. do any of that. It was all they like don't need to somber shit, caps crying, yeah. They don't need to do it. Ah, man. I thought it was great. It was good. Very yeah. effective. Here we are freaking out. Yep. In other news, in other Marvel news, now that they have reacquired the license of the classic barbarian character, Conan, they're bringing him to the Marvel Universe during the Avengers No Road Home storyline starring in March. Pardon me. Avengers ain't no road home no more. They're bringing him to the Marvel Universe during the Avengers No Road Home storyline starting in March. By Al Ewing, Mark Wade, and Jim Zub, with art by Sean Isaacsi. Isaacs? Isaacsi? Isaacs? Let's go with Isaacs. There's an E on the end that's fucking me up. And Paco Medina. Here's a quote about the story. It all starts when the Scarlet Witch enters the Hyborian Age and continues when the Avengers take their flight to the Queen of the Night. Reads Marvel's announcement. And while Conan and the Avengers will fight together, the question remains whose side is Conan really on? Here they are taking a page out of Dynamite's playbook. <laughs> little time travel here. Uh, so my barometer for all things Conan uh, is Wooly Toots, and he's into it. I mean, yeah. I think it's weird. I love Conan, and I love the Conan mythos and the story, and I think it's great, and I think it should stay there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't need Conan running around with Cap. That's it, silly. It's also... You know, it, it also gets into like weird things. Like, what happens when Marvel loses the license, so they can, they can never reprint or mention this story ever again? Well, I don't know. I think they're in a position where they're never going to lose a license ever again. Yeah, probably. I mean, until the Earth cracks in half. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fun. I love I love time travel stories. It's just it, Conan is such an isolated. Yeah, I mean, thing. And I get it. Like, there's this part of me. He's like, well, he's just a dude with a sword. Well, he's an extremely badass dude with a sword. Sure, but. Can he run around with Earth's mightiest of, you know, heroes? I don't yeah, know. Like, he doesn't have, like, super strength and stuff. He's just right. a guy. He's just, like, a badass dude. Right. Right? Yeah, it's, I don't I mean, know. You it's, could argue so is Batman. Very true. Very true. But he wears, like, you know, he's got gadgets and a bulletproof <laughs> sure, suit. yeah, right. And a cool car. Yeah. Conan's yeah, got Conan, a horse. Conan does not have a cool car. No, he's got a horse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's just kind of a weird thing. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to read it. And uh, I'm looking forward to Marvel's... Uh, new take on Conan because I loved it back in the day I'm excited for the Conan proper book they're going to have to sell me on this one we'll see that's all I'm saying we'll see finally Amazon Studios has plans to turn the illustrated novella the refrigerator monologues into a modern oh female yeah Fomale for some reason I, I thought that was a typo Amazon Studios has plans to turn the illustrated novella The Refrigerator Monologues into a modern, female-empowered superhero show titled Dead Town. Okay. This news comes from Deadline. Whip It! Screenwriter Shauna Cross is reportedly developing the pilot. 
here is a little bit about the book. Five recently dead women meet in Deadtown, a purgatory where they discover that their entire lives were merely in service to the superhero men they happened to cross paths with, resulting in each of their deaths. Or, in comic book terms, they were refrigerated. Uh. Um, Normally we just say that they were fridged, but okay. Okay. Frozen, out of the story once they provided emotional backstory for the men. Until now. Every girl that dated Deadpool. Or, uh, pardon me, Daredevil. Every girl that dated Daredevil, Yes, exactly. They start to discover their own powers, tell their sides of the narrative, and decide to write their own damn stories. And a group of seemingly ordinary women discover their own true power. It's a subversive, kick-ass exploration of what it means for women to find their inner power and use it. It sounds super clever. I know. The Refrigerator monologues, quick aside, I think it's really weird uh, that... Fridge has a D in it and refrigerator doesn't. Yeah, right. Why wouldn't it? Uh, because if it was fridge without a D, it'd be frig. I guess. Or frige. Yeah. <laughs> I guess frigid doesn't have a D. Yeah, it does. Well, I mean, at the end, but not in the middle. Not DG. What it, okay. Next time on Spellcast. Yeah, just it's weird to me. Anyway, the refrigerator <laughs> monologues Shut was. Shut up, nerd! <laughs> the refrigerator monologues was. <laughs> Fridge cast <laughs> title of the episode. The Refrigerator Monologues was written by Catherine M. Valenta and illustrated by Annie Wu. I love Annie Wu. I love Annie Wu. The term women in refrigerators or fridging was popularized by writer Gail Simone in the 90s. Not a lot of, well, a lot of people do know that, but you might not. I honestly didn't know that. Uh, and it was in response to the comic book trope of killing women to provide motivation for male heroes, most notably when Kyle Rayner's girlfriend, Alex, okay. was murdered by Major Force and, and found- literally stuffed yes. in a refrigerator he for found Kyle her to find. In the refrigerator. Yeah, yep. Yeah, women major, in fridges. Major force. What an asshole! I know. <laughs> uh, I think this sounds great. I am really loving all of this. Uh, I, I'm really loving all of this uh, new stuff coming out that's not just focused on the same sort of yeah. dude, no, same kind of hero. Well, and there's okay, there's clever takes on things, and then there's overly clever takes on things. Oh, sure. And this does not fall into that overly clever. This is just smart enough. And it's a real thing, and they're going to exploit it. Now, it's so brilliant, you could probably do this once. So nail it. You know <laughs> yeah, what I right? mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. think this sounds kick ass. I do too. I like. I looked at uh, some of the. I looked at a little bit of the book and Annie Wu's illustrations. It looks like a super fun project. Uh, I am looking forward to this. Did this start on? Um Patreon, or not Patreon. Did this start on uh, Kickstarter? Kickstarter? I don't. I mean, it's not a comic. It's like an. It's like an illustrated novel. Yeah, but I thought it started on Kickstarter. It may have. Okay. I, I, don't I don't know. I put it I mean, it's out. It's out. Now. You're looking at the fridge. I'm the Ricky. I may be large, but I'm no dumb cookie. You see me hit. You see. That is your nerd dudes for the week. But I promise, we missed a bunch of stuff while spinning our kiss-themed dreidel. Little known fact. Kissing is Jewish. So hit us up on the THN forums, big news section, or better yet, tune into our cover to cover live every Saturday where we broadcast on our Facebook page from 1130 to 1230 Central Standard Time. It is your nerdy talk show. Call us at 402-819-4894, or you can click the call now button on our Facebook page. If you can't be there live, you can always leave us a message or you can send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. It is review time in the ziggurat, and we are just counting the gelt that came in from creators begging for a buy it. Joey? Hey, real quick for the Gentiles, uh, what is gelt? Okay, gelt uh, is little coins that you give kids during Hanukkah. Okay, cool. 
And usually it's actually chocolate coins. Ah, uh, yeah. They're delicious. Joey, start us off, will you? Wait a minute. Chocolate coins don't have any actual value. Bullshit, they don't. Maybe in Gentile world, they don't. In Jew world, we freak out over that shit, all right? <laughs> My main review this week is Goddess Mode, number one from Vertigo Comics. It's written by Zoe Quinn with art by Robbie Rodriguez. Rodriguez, sorry. Rodriguez, yeah. With our, it's Rodriguez. Just for the record, we actually know how to say it. We're just, we're being cute. <laughs> oh, shut up. Uh, Colors by Rico Renzi. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here is your solicit. In a near future where humanity's needs are provided for by a godlike AI, it's one young woman's horrible job to do tech support on it. But Cassandra Price's life changes forever when she discovers a hidden digital world beneath our own, one where a group of super-powered women are locked in a secret war for the cheat codes to reality. hey It's like a video game, get it? No, I, didn't, I thought you were talking about something else. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to try to break down the plot of Goddess Mode number one any further here, mainly because I could barely keep track of it. Zoe Quinn is a video game developer and author, uh, unfortunately known primarily for being the target of despicable harassment by the Gamergate crowd. Well, she's a girl. What do you want them to do? Yeah, Come on. This is their job. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, as far as I know, this is her first foray into comics, and it kind of shows. Quinn's dialogue is decent, but she spends most of the issue explaining everything in the world, and it is a lot the world has become dependent on an omnipotent AI program that feeds its users a constant stream of targeted advertising, and there's a bit of a Ready Player One situation with the corporation's mysterious founder, and Cassandra's father is in a mysterious coma, and there's a mysterious virtual world inside the AI with digital demons and superpowered avatars. It's some mysterious shit, dude. Totally. <laughs> there's so much going on that the story never really gelled for me. On top of that, the whole world-spanning AI virtual world thing isn't really the most original idea, right? Like, yeah, Ready Player One, the movie, just came out, and it was like a huge blockbuster. Yeah, you know. The art by Spider-Gwen co-creator Robbie Rodriguez and colorist Rico Renzi is stellar. They are able to bring Cassandra's real world to life with its constant hologram assistance and intrusive pop-up advertising. And when the story shifts into the virtual world, shit gets real. Goddess Mode is a concept with a lot of potential, bogged down with so many different plot threads and so much exposition that reading it felt like a bit of a chore. Rodriguez and Renzi's art does elevate it a bit, but just not enough for me. I'm giving it a skim it. You know what this reminded me of? It reminded me of a Metal Gear Solid game that you can't play. Where, oh like, yeah, unskippable cutscenes. Yeah, where you forgive yeah, yeah. it. You forgive that the story is so fucking weird because the game is awesome or whatever. This just seems like a video game that she tried to make and it never got made. And maybe if you were playing it and it was really cool, you wouldn't care about all that extra stuff. You'd just be like, oh yeah, I gotta go uh, get the things to wake my dad up from his coma, whatever. You know, fine. But it doesn't work here i i did not like this yeah the, the, too disjointed there the various too much the various on. plots did not come together yeah it felt like a bad video game that i couldn't play i'm giving this a leave it oh dang really good art really good art mm. but the, the thing is is that like you gotta have more than that it's competent right like i, yeah, I like she's okay. a talented writer and it that is evident um but 
It's she tried to do everything. It's she so do, dialogue heavy. Yeah, she tried to do everything in one book. Yeah, and, like, and you're right. It, it's not maybe her fault because this is her first foray into comics. And you're right, it shows. Matt, tell me something good. Joey, this week I suddenly changed course and picked Hawkman number seven. Yeah, no shit. Review. <laughs> you're <laughs> lucky I read it in advance. It's written by Robert Venditti. It's got art by Brian Hitch. It's 32 pages and it is $3.99. Here is your solicit. The origin of Hawkman revealed. Rocketing across the cosmos in his newly recovered spaceship, Carter Hall is en route to the next stop on his adventure. Through time and space, he doesn't have the Netflix to pass time. But why do you even have to say that shit? But he does have something even better. Locked within the ship's memory banks is the truth behind Carter Hall's reincarnation ability, as well as his connection to the Deathbringer's giant winged beings of immeasurable power on their way to destroy Earth. I thought it actually said the Netflix, and I thought, you know what? That's kind of fitting, because Hawkman is an old man. Yeah, no, I said the Netflix. (laughs) He refers to it as the Netflix. Yeah. (laughs) Just as the solicit reads here, this is it. The new definitive origin of Hawkman, as told by Robert Venditti. Okay, why is this a big deal, Matt, you're asking? Take a look at Hawkman's Wikipedia page when you get a moment, and you will see. I would argue that no other character in comics has had more bizarre twists, turns, reboots, and continuity changes than Hawkman. There was even a time that the Thanagarian Qatar Hall and Earth's Carter Hall were two completely different people. (laughs) I love Hawkman, but to call this character a mess does not even scratch the surface here. Venditti brings the same magic that he brought to Exo Manowar at Valiant and strips this character down to his core while embracing all the cosmic reincarnation weirdness of the Hawkman we know and love. I always thought Hawkman was at best when the comics were more sci-fi romps, and that's exactly what we get here. Imagine if Highlander embraced the alien themes we got in the sequels, but did it well. This book reads like a timeless sci-fi epic about a man trying to decode his many pasts to stop an upcoming disaster, and it's just brutal and fantastic. Brian Hitch seems to have figured out how to get art done in time by stripping down his style a little bit, and it's working very well here. His vision of ancient Thanagar, the first Hawkman's home planet, has this 80s B-movie sci-fi element that reminded me of old Omni magazine covers, and it gave the book the strange alien vibe that it really needed. I just recently caught up on Hawkman, and I cannot tell you how pleased I am with this run. Venditti and Hitch have rescued a deeply abused DC character, given him a mission, a compelling origin, and made Hawkman a top-of-the-stack Hawkman. For the first time in a lot of years. I cannot give this a bigger buy-it. They fixed Hawkman. Yeah, I mean, Hawkman... Okay. I don't know what happened with the New 52 Hawkman because that book was hot garbage. I do not care. And yeah, I right. We never need to mention it again. But um, Jeff Johns... In his original JSA run, did an amazing job fixing Hawkman the first time. He, he really did. And uh, even back then, he he maintained that Qatar uh, Hall and Carter Hall were two different people. Right. This kind of brings everything together. Yeah. yeah you and, know? It's, and, it, and it does it very simply. It does. There isn't this big overriding lunacy that weaves it all together. It's like, no, this is who you were. This is why you've right. been all these people. And he's got a and clear this is what cut. You're doing. He's got a very clear cut 
mission statement. Like, yeah. Oh, this is why this is happening, and this is what I have to do to fix it. Exactly, and it's exactly what Venditti did with Exo Manowar, which was a character that like had this huge, ridiculous backstory, and they just boiled it down. He was a guy. He was a Visigoth. Got kidnapped by aliens. Now he's a badass in a rubber suit. Sure. Yeah. You know, that's all you need. Right, right. This origin is still complex. There's a lot of moving parts to it, but none of it is hard to follow. You can see like, oh, this is how all these disparate pieces fit together. Right. This is how the Hawkman from uh, the Hawkworld series fits in with the Hawkman from JSA, which fits in with the Hawkman from like Silver Age Justice League yeah, or whatever. My favorite thing Venditti has done is establish the fact that he's not just reincarnating across time, but also space. Yes. Which means that the next issue is uh, a spotlight on his life as a Kryptonian. I love it. Which I love is it so much. fucking fantastic. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's almost like Cable. It's like he's time traveling all over the place. Yeah. And he's at all these important places, but now we know why. Now we know why he's there. Like, seriously, I think Hawkman is one of DC's strongest ongoing titles right now. Absolutely. Strongest solo titles. Brian Hitch is doing amazing work. It's coming out on time, which I agree is a miracle. Yeah. Uh, like the, the two parter before this with where he teamed up with the atom was so fun in yeah. the microverse and so cool to see those two characters back together again. Right. Too. Like for those of you that might not know your silver age history, like there's a long history of Hawkman and the atom being best buddies. Yeah. And uh, like we've, so and much, they've gotten so far away from that. So much so that in the sixties, they actually merged their titles into one. It was called Hawkman and the atom. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it was so great. And I love the fact that, like, to fly his Thanagarian ship, he's got to, like, lay down on that massage table so that it looks like he's flying. <laughs> it's just those little touches. This is yeah. such a good book. It's, it's the weird little sci-fi things that they're doing in it that like, I just love. It's, it's like very Barbarella or like, you know, very Zardoz where it's just bizarre. Yeah, I mean, and we, brutal and awesome, you know? We could go on and on, but it's a huge buy-in for me as well. If you haven't picked up Hawkman, please do. It's only, what is it, seven issues in? Seven issues in. Catch up. You won't regret it. It's fantastic. So that is a double skim it. I'm going back to my leave it for goddess mode because oh, the art was softy. very good. And a double buy it for Hawkman number seven. We will post our written reviews over at twoheadedner.com. So even in the case of reincarnation, we will not be able to escape them. But we want to hear from you too. Call us, email us, tweet at us, Facebook us, whatever works for you. Hey, call us this Saturday, special time, two o'clock to three o'clock. It is the Hanukkah drunk show. Even though Hanukkah is over, we're too drunk to know it. In the future, we're too. It, Never mind. Just in the ziggurat, it. in the ziggurat, we celebrate <laughs> Hanukkah year round. 402-819-4894 and get in on the action. We need to know what you thought of these comics. There's only two weeks left in the Christmas shopping season, and Matt and I have some serious wife shopping to do. Joey, here's the thing: anybody can buy a gift. If you really love someone, you prove it to them by putting the extra effort and you steal them a gift. Nothing shows love like committing a crime. Uh, well, we've just set off the alarm at this mall jewelry store, so we better beat feet out of here while we review eight more of this Wednesday, December 12th, new comics during the 
Luda for speed. Luda right for speed. Go! Star Wars Age of the Republic, Darth Maul, number one from Marvel. How many colons are in that title? All of them. After his surprise appearance in Solo, spoiler alert, the only good thing about Star Wars Episode One gets a miniseries by writer Jody Hauser and artist Luke Ross. Now, normally anything that even so much as references the prequels makes me constipated, but Luke Ross's kick-ass art and Hauser's story of a young Maul becoming a Jedi serial killer was quite compelling. I kind of loved this, and like 90% of Marvel's Star Wars books, it was pitch perfect. I had John Williams' score playing in my head the whole time Maul was cutting a swath through this comic. Star Wars, Age of the Republic, Darth Maul gets a buy it. Detective comic. Wait, hold on. Uh, normally the spoiler alert goes before the spoiler. Yeah, well, Andy, not after. Uh, up, side people. note: Have you heard that? Uh, have you seen that meme? That is a. That's a video of the quote-unquote real lyrics to Duel of the Fates. No. Where they're singing about, like, tacos and kebabs. <laughs> no. Like, taco. Taco. Kebab. No, I have not. I will check that out. Detective Comics, number 994 from DC. Is that even a real number? No. At long, <laughs> at long last, Pete Tomasi and Doug Mankey have come to rescue Detective Comics from the depths of mediocrity. I really loved how Tomasi focused on Batman's detective side as he investigates a mystery with a copycat version of the Wayne murders. Meanwhile, there's a monster terrorizing the Gotham streets in search of Batman. Are the two connected? Probably. Probably. <laughs> there's a brief moment of cheese with Leslie Tompkins later in the issue, but with Tomasi's intriguing story and Mankey's incredible art, Detective Comics 994 gets a huge buy it. The Batman Who Laughs, number one from DC. I'm not sure if this is in continuity or it's a Dark Knight's metal dimension or something, but there's some pretty huge developments here that need to be explained. Jock is on art duties, and he seems to be contractually bound to only working with writer Scott Snyder, so the book is just beautiful. I love how he draws bat books, so I had a good time here, but I have to ask, what is this? No spoilers, but there is some major gigantic shit going down in this book. And if it counts, it will have to be dealt with in JLA and all the Bat books. Snyder, I gotta know what you're doing here, man. I'm giving it a buy it. Black Hammer, Cthulhuese from Dark Horse. Love that title. Pretty good. <laughs> Jeff Lemire expands the world of Black Hammer yet again with the tale of a young girl whose father was cursed by an elder god and then the curse got passed on to his daughter. Lemire takes the story in some heartbreaking and really unexpected places like I thought this was going to be a lighthearted story about Not a girl. About a girl who gets bullied because of how she looks and how she overcomes it, blah, blah, blah. Not nope. at all. Nope. <laughs> and Emmy Lennox's animated art style is a perfect fit for this story. You don't need to know anything about Black Hammer to enjoy Cthulhu's, and it was a fantastic read. Buy it. Huge buy it for me, too. Jeff Lemire is just going insane with this, and I love it. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number one from Marvel. Just in time for the inevitable blockbuster that will be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Marvel gives Miles his own title and writer Saladin Ahmed, paired with artist Javi Garon, do not disappoint. 
but do we need another Spider-Man? Shut up, hater troll. This is the Spider-Book you have been whining about missing. This is young Spidey learning the hard way and finding himself in a Marvel U, not just as a new Spidey, but as a mixed-race teen dealing with high school and an increasingly racist United States. This was a fantastic first issue for Miles. The Rhino shows up and Garon draws the hell out of him, while Ahmed shows us a slightly softer side of the horned brute. I loved Miles Morales' Spider-Man, and I am on board for more. I'm giving this a massive buy-it. Uh, I loved it too, but continuity uh, dork alert. Dan Slott uh, showed us that the rhino is actually like a very thoughtful Russian man with deep emotions, not some like hard-talking Brooklyn dude. Yeah, okay. I kind of forgot about that. You're I know. Right. I did yeah. too for a second. But I liked how he was like, all right, kid, last warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it did not hinder my enjoyment. I was just like, no. oh, well, that's different. He could have had a Russian accent, you know, I mean, whatever. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sasquatch Detective, number one from DC. Sasquatch. <clears throat> Sasquatch Detective is exactly what it says on the cover. Sasquatch. <laughs> Sorry. Sasquatch Detective is exactly what it says on the cover. Tanya is a young Sasquatch girl that leaves her home in the mountains to join the police force. And in theory, hilarity ensues. In theory. In theory. Brandy Stillwell's ridiculous concept is fun, but it was so bogged down in goofy puns and non sequiturs that I just found the whole thing exhausting after 64 pages. And while the art was good, Tanya's character design is kind of upsetting. When I think of a Sasquatch, I think of like, you know, Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. A Bigfoot. Or a Sasquatch. For yeah, yeah. flight. Yes, exactly. Walter uh, Langowski. These these Sasquatches are like they have big burly uh furry biceps, but then yeah. tiny spindly claw arms and yeah. like weird get- tiny calf feet. They look like ape men. I, I didn't like it. And also, they can't decide whether or not they should be wearing clothes. Yeah, I didn't like it. I, honestly, I didn't like this at all. Yeah, I mean, I hate to fall back on our old standby, but Sasquatch Detective isn't going to be for everyone. Uh, I was going to give it a skim it, but I'm going to give it a leave it for me. I'm giving it, I'm giving it a leave it as well. I did not like this. I did not think it was good. Yeah, I just, I didn't like it. Hellboy Winter Special 2018 from Dark Horse. I love winter slash holiday specials, even when they suck, usually. Luckily, the Hellboy Winter Special does anything but. Instead of focusing on schmaltzy Christmas stories, we get two creepy stories with the holidays as a backdrop. First, Hellboy takes on an angry ghost of New Year's past. Then a group of shape changers introduce us to the possible origin of a well-known demon. And finally, Lobster Johnson doles out some justice to plagiarizing gangsters. Tons of spooky holiday fun. Fantastic art. This was just excellent. I'm giving it a huge buy. Mashbone and Grifty, number one from Five Meats Press. I don't know no Five Meats Press. Uh, yes, because they are self-publishers. Okay. Oscar Garza and Rolando Esquivel reached out to us on Twitter asking if we check out their self-published book, and we are always happy to oblige. Look at these brave badasses. I huh? know. Mashbone who is a weird kind of ape man with a bone through his head. Okay. And his human partner, uh, his human partner, Grifty, are small-time detectives looking for their first case when one comes barging through the door of the bar that they operate from. This is a fun romp inspired by 80s action movies and steeped in Mexican-American culture. 
brought to life by Garza's excellent cartooning. And at five bucks for 50 plus pages, it's a steal to boot. Yeah, take fucking note, boom. Jesus. It's important to support indie comic creators and the diseased minds behind Mashbone and Grifty are definitely deserving. I'll put a link to their shop in the show notes so that you can buy it. Vroom! That is your ludicrous speed round. And vroom! It's the sound of Darkseid giving Skeletor the business as seeing the pages of Injustice versus Masters of the Universe number five. Yes, they did indeed go there. This onomatopoeia of the week was submitted by Covert Nerd via Twitter. He's actually like a super cool guy. Nobody knows that he's a nerd. Yeah, it's if a secret. Can, if you want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, fire your Omega Beams our way, or you can send it to us to any of our social media or shoot us an email at twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Folks. Hanukkah is upon us, and as much as we'd love it to last until next week when we scheduled our Hanukkah drunk show before we checked the calendar, if we're being honest, I have to blame Matt here. Here we go. Look, look, buddy. Only one of us claims to be both Jewish and satanic, so pardon me if Christian Joe isn't keeping track of your holidays. (laughs) Now, I demand we light the correct candle on our official Beastie Boys menorah and tell these nerds about our must-read picks for next Wednesday, December 19th. All the Beastie Boys, also Jewish. How about that? Yeah. My pick for next week is Klaus and the Crying Snowman, number one from Boom. It's written by Grant Morrison with art by Dan Mora. It is 48 pages for $7.99. Come on, you guys. Here's your solicit. The best holiday tradition in comics returns in the next chapter of the epic Santa saga by visionary Grant Morrison and Eisner Award-nominated artist Dan Mora. Klaus has to help an absentee dad turn snowman. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> Make amends before melting away for good. And probably before he's defeated by a pantheon of Norse gods and all their minions, all in a day's work for Santa Claus. What was the movie uh, with fucking uh, the, sn- the dad turns into the snowman? Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he and he's like, you're the man. It's Michael and Keaton. He's like, no, I'm a snowman. Was, no, you're the snowman. It was Michael Keaton, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I believe, uh, the tagline is uh, "Snow Dad is better than No Dad" or something like no that. No way! No fucking way! That is maybe a, in my maybe no. in my Jack Frost. No way! Snow Dad is better than Yo Dad. How about he's the world's coolest dad? Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. No, no, no. That's so stupid. I like mine better. <laughs> Snow Dad is better than No Dad because he died, right? He died and he came. He was reincarnated yeah, as yeah. a snowman. No, his spirit. He wasn't reincarnated. His spirit went into I mean, it. Yeah, same. You don't diff. get reincarnated. Listen, as a snowman. dude, I get it. You don't have to argue the semantics with me, Keith. Reincarnation means you came out of someone's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> He came out of a snow vagina. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> My pick for next week. God, this is off the rails already. <laughs> Freedom Fighters, number one from DC Comics, written by Robert Venditti, with art by Eddie Barrows. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit. Line up for this all-new maxi-series set on Earth-X, where the Nazis won World War II. 20 years after invading and occupying America, Germany wiped out all meta-human resistance, including the original Freedom Fighters. Fast forward to the present day, and a new team of Freedom Fighters emerges to challenge the Nazi occupation once again. But if they're to have any chance of victory, they're going to need Uncle Sam, who disappeared after his original team was killed. The 12-part epic 
Death of a Nation storyline kicks off here. Okay, what is Earth X? Is that where they were always from? Uh, yeah. Okay, Earth X was always a place where the Nazis won World War II. Yes, okay. in the original Freedom Fighters from Got the it. 70s. So like the Invaders uh, from Marvel, the Freedom Fighters, were uh, they debuted in the 70s and right. retroactively set in kind of a past time period. So they didn't they weren't actual golden age characters. Okay. Um but yeah, in the 70s the original Freedom Fighters were from Earth X. Right. And then when uh the crisis happened, they, you know, integrated them uh like they did with everybody Just else. Smashed everything together. Yeah, right. Okay. Um so this is kind of restoring that original uh that original idea that they are from a parallel earth where the Nazis won World War II. Gotcha. Uh we discussed this when it was announced. We're not uh, we're not necessarily 100% Excited about the Freedom Fighters as a concept, but I don't give a shit about the Freedom Fighters. I love Robert Venditti and Eddie Barrows. I do like Robert Venditti and Eddie Barrows. Uh, Robert Venditti's Hawkman is one of the best books at DC. I right think now. Uncle Sam as a superhero is really. Stupid. I actually love Uncle stupid. Sam as a character. I love Uncle Sam God. as a character, and his power is directly tied to like how patriotic people are feeling. No, I mean, sure, it's like Captain Britain. Yeah, kind of like Gladiator, right? Yeah. Like if people are kind of down on America, Captain Uncle Sam's not. Not too strong. Yeah, like if Uncle Sam was around today, he'd be just like fat. Yeah, right. Shit, balding. Ugh. Ugh, man. man. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad. Sorry, America. The THN trade of the week goes to Blackwood, the trade paperback from Dark Horse Comics. It's written by Evan Dorkin with art by Veronica Fish. Ninety six pages for seventeen ninety nine. Boy, that's not very thick. No. It really is. Is it just four issues? Yeah, it was just a four-issue mini. Here's your solicit. When four teenagers with haunted past enroll in Blackwood College, a school that trains students in the occult, their desire to enhance their supernatural abilities and bond with others is hampered by an undead dean's curse, ghosts in their dorm, a mischievous two-headed mummy chimp, a plague of mutant insects, and the discovery of ancient evil that forces our heroes to undergo a crash course in the occult for the sake of the world. This collects one through four of the series. It's got a bonus sketchbook section with pinups by Becky Cloonan, Tyler Crook, Stacey Lee, Declan Shavley, and Jordi Belair. We love all of those people. Yeah. And I reviewed the first issue of this. It was friggin' fantastic. Yeah. I did not read the rest of it. So I didn't either. I'm going to read this when it comes out. Yes. Because I love Evan Dorkin. He's really good at this. I do too. If you want to read kids getting tortured and going insane, this is your jam. Yeah, Blackwood. <laughs> So there you have it, our picks for Wednesday, December 19th. But we want to know what you nerds are reading, too. So come wassailing at us on any of our social networking platforms, but... Wassailing. Wassailing. Here we come, wassailing. Here we come, come wassailing. What's <laughs> wrong with you? Wassailing. Yeah, all right. But don't forget to make sure all your picks are added to your profile. It's like a little Christmas miracle for your local comic shop all year round. All right, nerds, you know him, you love him, and you maybe, like us, can't quite understand every word that comes out of his mouth, but we get the gist of it. It's time to pop across the pond and check in. Live from Mushroom Manor, it's stately Lord Fungus! Live from Mushroom Manor, I am stately Lord Fungus, and this is Tales from the Manor. It's such a wonderful time of the year. The local witches are sacrificing comic book reviewers on the village green. And Tarquin is giving children rides through the swamp on his death bus. Oh, family. As for me, well, I'm tending to the needs of the manor and our seasonal guests. 
There's Auntie Philomena Fungus. She's super rich. She bought every blind bag of the Walking Dead 115 in the village. She owns most of Kuala Lumpur or something, I don't know. My cousin Bartholomew is also on site this week and he's brought the twins with him. The two girls, both called Jeff. QE2 wanted to drop by and say hello this week, listeners, but she had something rather large in her mouth over the weekend and it's given her teeth a bit of a battering. So she's taking the antibiotics and catching up with Death Note on Netflix. In my spare time this week, I've been mostly reading the instructions for our new combine harvester stroke coffee maker. It's certainly put the willies up the cows, which reminds me, where is Uncle Wolfenstein? TV has been great lately, hasn't it? But you'll have to forgive me, though. It's well documented that the Constitution of the United States of America declares that all TV shows must be shown there first, purely so that asshat websites can plaster spoilerific thumbnails on their sites with no spoilers in caps underneath. This does mean that my guff about the flarrow of Tomorrowverse and other such amazing shows will mm, seem a little dated. Perhaps if you didn't have the utter stupidity that is the mid-season break, then the shows could run parallel and I might not sound like such a backwards twat. It's funny, isn't it? We're such a connected society. You know, we're chatting with our beloved friends around the world as easy as we do with our families or our work colleagues. We all view trailers on YouTube at the same time and our comic books arrive from Diamond on the same day. But there's these little subtle differences, such as mid-season breaks and subscription channels like DC All Access that simply don't exist in the United Kingdom. By the time Netflix show the first episode of Titans, everyone in the US with a sub to DC will have seen Dove get hawked and Starfire get some bloody respect at last. Thankfully, cinema has pretty much caught up and we get the movies at roughly the same time. But I can remember the days when it would be six months before a movie released in the US made its way to the shores of Blighty. I could often tell the story of seeing Star Wars at the age of five in November of 1977 at the local flea pit, only to hear other people saying, well, how? It came out in May 1977. I always remember when my brother took me to see Empire in the week that it opened in the UK. Back then we had intermissions so that bored parents could have a stretch and buy an ice cream to mix with the snot running down our faces as we sat wide-eyed at the sheer wonder that unfolded in front of us. Basically, we got the intermission and my brother told me that that was the end of the film and I should wait for him while he watched another film which would start shortly. So I spent two hours standing in the foyer of the local cinema waiting for my brother to come out and tell me exactly who Darth Vader was in relation to Young Master Skywalker. What a prick. This week saw the first trailer for Avengers Endgame arrive and oh boy did that get me right in the lower feely bits. So much in so short a time. Cap's beard was clearly a victim of the finger snap, as was Black Widow's stock of red hair dye. Tony Stark looked like a demon in a bottle or lost there out in space, and Thor was clearly psyching himself up for an inaugural rap battle with Suri. In fact, the only bit of relief we got was the lovely and smashing face of Scott Lang asking to be buzzed in. And you all thought it was Miss Danvers who was going to save the world. Oh, you sweet summer children. Well... We're back at the manor now, so I'll whip out my mobile and have a look at the Queen's English segment for this month. And, oh, it's a good one, nerds. Tallywags. Let's make it rain, people. Say it with me. Tallywags. In context. Oh, that surf looks like he had a right tear in tallywags. Yep, you guessed it. It's balls. Bollocks. Little pips. Squirrel food. Gentlemen's decorations. Right. That's your lot for 2018. 
Um, Tarquin, do you want to come here and wish everybody at THN a happy Christmas? Come on, come on, you big soft twat. Put that sheep down. Put that... Sh oh, my God, what are you doing? Oh, God, that's... Oh, that is just wrong. That is wrong. Oh. Maybe not. Okay, before I go and clean that up, I want to say on behalf of everyone at Mushroom Manor, have a happy and peaceful Advent, Christmas, Hanukkah, atheist, whatever the hell thing that you want to do. Just be good and kind and say nice things to people who matter. Also, boobs. Excelsior! Oh. <laughs> that is it for THN 510. But before we get out of here, Joe Patrick, ask the nerds a new question of the week, please. I'll do that. This week's question comes from Brian Domingos via the THN forums. I was driving home from Thanksgiving festivities and I remembered, timely, like a faded memory from a blackout, a heartbreakingly bad story. So what is a run or arc on a book that you loved that is so bad you blocked it from your memory? Man. Uh, unfortunately, I can remember most of them. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I know they are bad. <laughs> Joe Patrick, where would you go to answer something like this question? I mean, we do this every week, but I'm just not really sure where we do it. Well, we have the place the question was posed, and that is the THN forums. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Is there another cool place? Uh, we do have a weekly live call-in show That's where one. people answer yes. the question of the week. Yes. It's called THN Cover to Cover. How do they do it? How does that work? They just they just tune in on Facebook if they'd like to watch our okay. beautiful faces right. uh, from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Central Time. This sounds easy. There's a button on the Facebook page that they can push, and it will call us on our phone. How much do they get paid if they get on the show? Zero dollars. Oh, okay. So they get paid. It. Uh, it's more like an en emotional enrich enrichment. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they can also call directly 402-819-4894 or send an MP3 message to twoheadednerd.gmail.com. Sounds awesome. If you're new to this show and you're thinking, I hate this show, who listens to this crap? I promise it's just because you haven't heard enough yet. You can hear the entire run. Keep punishing yourself. <laughs> That's right, of THN in our digital long box archive at twoheadednerd.com. But hosting this many episodes, it ain't cheap. So we want to thank donors like Benjamin Holmes, who is not a new donor, but he did increase his pledge on NG. Patreon. Huh? He went up from 150 bucks to 200 bucks a month. The dude, what a the dude needs a sticker. Damn. Make a note. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Ed Brubacher and Sean Phillips. <laughs> Brubacher. <laughs> who just renewed their exclusive contract with Image this week, ensuring a steady supply of feel-bad crime comics for years to come. I'm just glad they're working. Word to you, nerds. You are officially the year's cutest couple in comics. Until next time, true believers, Remember to pre-order your comics, or your retailer might take all your feel-bad comics and stick them in the fridge. This is the Two-Headed Nerd! Signing off! That's a joke combo. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It all comes together. 